And hey, we're recording. Yay! Hi! Hi! Oh, wait, I should move this so I can see your face. There you are. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Heather. Oh, so good to see your face and your hair. Yeah. Your rose gold headphones. They're pretty great. Um, And you can see my crocheted raccoon face up there. It is pretty, pretty neat. I love your, your crocheted. The one right behind me is an opossum. Oh, that's even better. Oh, I love Um, your projects. Oh, thanks. Um, So, yeah, I guess uh, this is episode six of Where's My Flashlight. Woo! Woo! Momentous! Yeah, and this is a podcast where we uh, talk about Ghost Hunters, the show, and um, talk about other paranormal stuff and tell our own stories and do stuff and talk about lots of other stuff. Yeah, we ca- we kind of go on tangents, so if, if you can't handle that, then this might not be the podcast for you. But yeah. I will say we get some pretty neat stories that we share I think and we would love to hear more from our listeners if you could email us your story technically we have no way to know if what you're telling us is true so we'll just read it anyway yeah honor system we'll just you know hope that you're not lying yeah try please share your stories we won't judge we might judge. The <laughs> I shouldn't. No. I should not say it. I'm sorry. We won't judge you. We will read your story and talk about it. Um, yeah. But the the email address is hofi, h o p h i e seven zero three six two at gmail dot com. Please send us your stories about paranormal stuff or just weird shit that happened that you can't explain or don't understand you know whatever whatever those stories are yeah it it could be ufos it could be cryptids aka dogmen or do you you have a mothman story oh my god i would love a good mothman story i love mothman me too me too and, you know, for so many years, I lived, like, adjacent to West Virginia, but mm. never went to the town in West Virginia where Mothman was seen. Pleasantville, I believe it is, or ple- something like that. I don't I don't remember, but, um, yeah, I never went there, and that is weird to me. But I guess, you know, I don't know. I was doing other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you were pretty preoccupied. And it snows a lot there, and I don't want to drive in the snow. Yeah. I hate driving in the snow, but... With your little Volvo. <sighs> the Volvo actually did really well in the snow. It was pretty fucking sweet. I'm surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that. Well, it's, you know, it's like a solid steel car. And I got snow tires on it every year, and then I'd put my, like, regular non-winter tires into the back of the station wagon to weigh it down oh and so it was like a tank and it was rear wheel drive so having all that weight on the back tires was like perfect for traction 
genius. It gives you all that torque. Yeah. Yes. So it was actually a really good car in the in the snow. It survived four mountain winters. Wow. Yeah. And then it threw a rod, which was a thing that I didn't know what it was until it happened to me. Uh. <laughs> That's usually how it works. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I had heard the expression but just never known what it meant. And then, um, and then it happened when I was driving and I was like in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, and I was like, my car is making this terrifying fucking noise. I should probably try to get closer to, like, civilization. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, the closest place is Walmart. <laughs> so I was trying to get to the Walmart, because they're open 24 hours, their parking lot is brightly lit, you know, I could call AAA and get help. You know. They got car stuff there in the their department that they have for yeah, it. You know, you got everything you there's, need. There's nothing for fixing a thrown rod because it basically means, like, your engine exploded. Yeah, like, I mean... You can't I fix know, that at Walmart. Um, no, that's true. But you didn't know that. I was just saying, like, I it was smart. Anything. It was... So I basically was, like, turning left to go into the Walmart parking lot when the car just died. <laughs> and I was still in the road, which was like the main highway through the county, because mm -hmm. my car didn't make it all the way into the, you know, parking lot. So it was just like blocking the oncoming traffic. Luckily, it was like 1130 at night, so it wasn't that big a deal. But I just sat there with my hazards on and my phone was dead, like I tried to call AAA and my phone just died and I didn't have my charger, so I was like, okay, I'll just sit here until, you know, the cops come. <laughs> oh, God! And they did! <laughs> the a sheriff's deputy came and um, he was like, car trouble? And I was like, uh, yeah, obviously, I'm not just sitting here for fun, blocking the highway. Um, but he was really nice and he let me use his phone to call AAA and also to call my friend who came all the way from like the other side of West Virginia to come and rescue me. Look at you. So resourceful. I know. And then he sat there with his lights flashing until the tow truck came. The cops did? Or cop the, did? Yeah. He just that because he didn't have shit to do you know it's in the right. middle of nowhere um that was probably the most excitement he'd seen all week was my <laughs> dead car you know <laughs> even though one time i will i will tell this story real quick at that same walmart this is in oakland maryland up in the mountains um middle of nowhere and i was taking one of my friends grocery shopping and we always went in the middle of the night because there's like nobody there yeah. and um and like walmart was like up on the top of this hill so you had to drive up this like kind of curvy little road to get up into the parking lot and yeah. once we got up there it was just full of cop cars like with all their lights on and all this stuff and there was like a, we could see like a helicopter flying what? around and we were like what the shit is happening at the walmart at like <laughs> 12:30 at night, right? And it turns out that there was like a a prisoner transport going through town 
from, you know, like one state prison to another state prison or, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but um, they stopped for something and one of the prisoners escaped and he was like a convicted murderer. Oh, great! And so I was like, this is fine. Let's, it's just another night at Walmart. Let's just go, you know. Right, right. They weren't and the prisoners stopping. probably. Like, they, they found him. You know, he wasn't at the Walmart, but um, they were, like, searching all around and, you know. Wow. So that was the Walmart excitement for, that's, that should be a, a little section of our uh, our podcast here. It's like, what Walmart stories do we have? That's probably, <laughs> yeah. I just blew my wad on my most exciting Walmart story. So, you know. That's it for me. It's all downhill from there. Um, right. You shot. You shot your shot, and that's, I did. that's what you got left. I did. Right. I'm sorry, but I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't not tell that story because it's just you know, like just so random. Like middle of nowhere, all of a sudden there's like escaped murderer running around near the Walmart. But we got our groceries and went on. You know, we just yeah. went, went about our business. Yeah, like there wasn't like this manhunt going on all around us, right? Because you probably just assumed that like the prisoner probably would have tried to get as far away from there as possible, so you guys were good to go, especially where the cops are all at. They were concerned that he was going to go into the Walmart because you know they have guns there. Oh snap! And uh, so that's why they were kind of you know staked out like by the doors and stuff and he did not go to Walmart to get a gun but you know I can understand why they would be concerned about that because you know yeah I didn't even think about that yeah um but yeah they didn't like stop us from going in or anything we just asked him what was going on and they were like oh escape murder blah blah and I was like cool okay thanks (laughs) okay thanks bye (laughs) bye I'm gonna go get my discount groceries now. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they weren't my groceries. I was taking my friend. They were her groceries that time, but you know, whatever. It doesn't matter whose groceries, I guess. Um, yeah. So what else? What else is happening? Oh, I read a book. This is. I was gonna tell you this, and then I was like, we should just start recording instead of talking all night without recording, <laughs> which we easily could have done and then I'd be like wait now we have to you know what I don't know um because you said let's play rock paper scissors and and I was like oh because I just read a book called rock paper scissors and um and at first I like hated it (laughs) and I was almost gonna stop reading it which I hate to do even if the right. book is absolutely terrible, I feel like I have to finish it mm-hmm. just so I know how terrible it truly is. Like, there's only been one book ever that I couldn't finish. And, oh God, what was that called? Some, it was some vampire book. The Cowboy and the Vampire. Oh. It was terrible. It was so terrible. Anyway, so this book, Rock, Paper, Scissors... I just, like, the people, the main characters, this, like, man and a woman, like, I kind of hated both of them, and it went back and forth between, you know, like, each person's point of view, Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, I don't like either of these people. I don't want to keep reading about them, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I kind of want one of them to die, so let's keep going. Because it was like <laughs> a, you know, it was like a thriller. I was like, one of these people is going to die, and I want to know which one, and I hope it's this one. So let's keep reading to see. Wait a second. Was the thriller in your mind that you were hoping one of them would die? No, or that was, was like that actually the, part of the... That was the genre of the book. They were oh, okay. Like, in this new thriller, blah, blah, set in Scotland, blah, blah, you know. Um, so I was like, okay, let's get to the thriller part. You know, let's kill somebody here. Um, but then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, it, there's like this twist in the story <laughs> that I did not see coming. And it like just... I had to, like, put the book down and, like, rethink the entire book. I was like, oh my God, do I have to start it over now? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it was such a crazy twist. Like, this just total mindfuck of a twist, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What? And I really had to, like, think about it. And then after that, I was like, okay, that was awesome how she pulled that off. Mm-hmm. She, the author, I'm assuming? Yes, the author, um, whose name I can't think of at the moment. Um, Wait. But, you know, it was like... I don't want to give anything away, just in case anyone's going to read it or whatever. Alice Feeney is her name. The author. Alice Feeney, Rock, Paper, Scissors. Um, And really... You know, I guess it's good that I hated the characters, because I think that they're just, like, not great people. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, they were well-written, shitty people. They right. Were, they weren't poorly written, normal people. Right. There's a you big know? difference. Yeah, so they were just, like, well-written, shitty people. And then there's this big twist where I was like, what what and then it i was like that no that's not possible that isn't no 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 but then when i thought about it i was like oh my god she did it she pulled it off oh my god and genius and then somebody gets killed and um so you know it was uh it was good did it fulfill all of your hopes and dreams it did by the end of it i really liked it so i'm glad that i didn't stop reading it when i thought that i hated it Mm. and then i decided to read charles dickens after that good choice yeah a tale of two cities Mm. which is very it's like a roller coaster of emotions Uh there's a lot happening it's classic a lot of uh a lot of bloodshed Mm-hmm. It's very oh, graphic. Drama. Oh, yeah. A lot of, because, uh, you know, it's about the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people are getting guillotined, and it's very graphic about it. But I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not oh, the, yeah. Not the blood, I mean, some of the bloody parts actually were, like, there's a woman who is just known as the Vengeance. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. like... One of my favorite things 
ever is that <laughs> there is this like pissed off lady just His wife probably yeah i don't i don't remember exactly what she what her you know station in life was but um she was just pissed off and she was called the vengeance and then there was yeah. this, this other lady who just like knits all the time and um she knits like code into her knitting to keep track of all the people that they're gonna get revenge on during the revolution um you know so uh it's pretty good but it just made me think because she's always knitting every time they talk about this woman and it made me think of that scene in uh peewee's big adventure when he's talking about you know they're in the basement and he's talking about the this like conspiracy and he's like you're trying to pull the thread and you're pulling this big giant sweater and it's like you just keep pulling and pulling but then someone else just keeps knitting and knitting and then he's like and knitting and knitting, and knitting. <laughs> so like every time that that this one woman was in the story i was that's all that i thought of i just heard peewee herman just yeah so I love that show. I love that movie. Me too. It's Tim so Burton's. it's so good on so many levels. I I agree. I also absolutely love Large Marge. Oh my god! The yes. truck driving yes. ghost. So good. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Oh. Just like tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's so intense as she's holding that steering wheel as she tells me. Oh, I love it so much. He gets a ride from a ghost. Yeah, that's very much in tune with. I love when he goes into the diner and everybody's like, her ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody uh, in unison, her ghost. Anyway, yeah, it's such a good movie. Uh, for some reason, um, Zoom is trying to tell me to upgrade and saying we've only got 10 minutes left of the meeting. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to believe it. I just don't want to believe it. Well, I, because guess, I guess we'll see what happens. If they cut us off, we'll just start a new one. Yeah, it's just like the sweater. They're going right. to keep pulling the thread and we're just going to keep knitting and knitting, and knitting, and they can't right. stop us, so we'll just, you know, I'll just hit pause on the record thing, and fuck it. Yeah, I don't need to hear any... I'm not afraid of them. Yeah, I don't need to hear any crap from Zoom. I mean, I'm a, I'm a loner dotty, a rebel. Exactly. Things you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Things you couldn't understand. Everybody, this you podcast, you understand. Right. I know they're like, is this a Pee Wee Herman quote podcast all of a sudden? Yes. It is. That's exactly what this is now. We're no longer going to talk about ghost hunters. All we're going to do is quote Pee Wee Herman. Right. Yeah. You guys need to stop listening to this podcast and, and go watch Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure by Tim Burton. It is yes. If you have a not classic. seen it, even if you have seen it, you need to watch it again with fresh eyes because it really is just like cinematic gold. You know, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Um, I concur. 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible. So, um, is anything notable happening with you? Uh, I started a new job on Monday mm -hmm. and, uh, you're it awesome. is, what's that? Cause you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And it, it's been rough, uh, going from swing shift to day shift. It's like, it feels like jet lag. Mm -hmm. I just can't seem to adjust to it properly yet. But then again, it is only my first week. Um, I haven't been allowed to do any real direct work thus far. I've just been shadowing and, uh, they're like telling me to do some stupid online tradings, which I, I never learn very well from it, but you know, I'm just being patient, trying to be patient and humble and teachable and, um, it feels like the whole department is flying by the seat of its pants. Hmm. And so I'm just kind of like watching and I'm just kind of like, huh, this is interesting. It'll be uh, nice to know what I can do to, to help, you know, yeah. so I can take once I am fully trained so I can take some of that load off of the other people's shoulders because they've been, do, going for so long by themselves with not enough teammates and mm -hmm. management and everything is just awry, you know? And so, so I'm excited to see what I can do to kind of pick up the slack for people now, um, see where that goes. Um, other than that, I've seen, I saw everything everywhere all at once with my sister. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, my mind was so blown that I was paralyzed. Oh. Like, I literally couldn't move out of my seat at the, at the finale. And I just burst out into tears. Wow. Because it's such a beautiful story. And, um, and then I kind of, like, had to put myself back together again because I was in public, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, but yeah, that was a really, really good movie. Um, other than that, other than generally feeling like crap mm -hmm. because of my chronic illness, um, mm -hmm. working on, uh, what you call it. I've been working with HR on disabilities accommodations and things like that so that I can have my appointments and so I'm working with management to get that all put into place and it's awesome Good. because it's like the first time I'm really asking for help with this mm -hmm. um one of my coworkers was very sweet and she said I like your transparency about this you know I like that you're telling people what's going on with you yeah. So that we, you know, management and everybody knows what to do to kind of help you be your best. And um, that, I don't know why. That just felt really re reassuring. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're, you're uh, you know, it can be really hard and scary to advocate for yourself, especially, like, in a brand new situation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to hear that from a co-worker is, like... You know, it's validating. It's like, oh, I, 
did the right thing. So, but right. advocating for yourself is always the right thing. So Absolutely. don't forget that. So. Absolutely. It's just not always easy to do because you have to, in some ways, um, you know, like be really vulnerable and stand up to authority yeah. uh, in saying, I have limits. I can't do all of the things that you're expecting to me, me to do, but I'm going to try, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, is it, is it Karen? No, is it there's, Tyler? A, there's a dog barking outside. <laughs> well, what would this podcast be without all that background? I know. Well, noise? the window's not open now, so I don't know if it if the microphone's picking it up. Um, mm. what it will, I couldn't will, hear it. Okay, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, hmm. Yeah, what's well, going on with you? Tell me. Uh, Nervous breakdown is uh, still in place, or is that kind um, of fading away? Or? I mean. It's, I, I just have been kind of having, like, a constant nervous breakdown for, you know, like, 15 years or something. Um, but lately I've been feeling good. Like, I, I've had a lapse in my medication because of a, my, my psychiatrist had to cancel our appointment last week, um, because their system was down. And so, like, tomorrow I have to call and reschedule it. So, like, I haven't had, like, two of my medications that I needed refilled. Um, so I've been kind of, like, weird from that, but, like, not, like, in a bad way, but just in, like, a, like, can't really focus on things. Because um, one of them is the, the Wellbutrin uh-huh. that keeps my brain functioning properly. It's like, here, you can actually focus on things and pay attention and follow through. Like, start a task and finish it. You know? Which is not really something I'm great at normally. Um... Everybody. So we had a bit of a technical difficulty because the Zoom kicked us off, but we're back. It's fine. Everything's fine until they kick us off again. Um, but like we already said, we'll just keep doing it. Right. They can't stop us. I guess they can stop us. Temporarily. Yeah. So, anyway. Um... Season one, episode six. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, season one, episode six, the converted church. Um, is that the name? That's the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see it on my end when I'm watching the discs, the CDs. It just oh. says episode. Oh yeah. One oh six or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm watching these because the only season I have is uh on dvd is season two 
And then Tyler has like three, four, and five or something. Or maybe uh -huh. just three. I don't know. He has some other ones that I don't have. Um, so I'm watching it on Discovery Plus, and mm -hmm. so they have the the names of the episodes. So Oh good. Yes, so um I'll just do a real quick synopsis, I guess, because you know, not it's not a lot happens. <sighs> okay, so basically, um Steve's friends Melissa and Justin have uh, bought this old church and converted it into a house, or it was already converted in, I don't know. Um, but they think that it's haunted. They say that, like, the chandelier moves by itself, and um, the dude saw, like, a full-body apparition, supposedly. Um, the church was built in 1867 and they think it was a Unitarian church. Not that that really matters, but that's just a bit of trivia. Um, and it was a, it was operated as a church until 1982 and then it was abandoned for an unknown amount of time. And someone bought it and then these two people are like the second owners since it was uh, bought. From, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, let's see. So, they hear, like, weird noises, like knocking, like the door knockers. Um, their pets will just, like, stare into a corner. Which, I mean, that could just be their pets. Because my cats will just sit and stare at, like, nothing. You know? Uh-huh. Um... And some of their things, like their decor, their home decor has like flown across the room or whatever, and their front door opens by itself. Or one of the, maybe it's not the front door, one of the doors opens by itself. Um, so the, the people that go on this investigation are Jason Grant, Steve, Brian Harnois, Donna, Andy, and Carl, the demonologist. Um, and I feel like not a lot really happens in this episode, but they fill it up with a lot of, like, bickering. Right. And arguing and bullshit, and it just, you know, I wrote down, like, Brian and Andy are annoying each other, and me. And, um, you know, it's just, like, way too much time on this, like, petty bullshit that's, like, whatever. Like, let's move this along, please. You know, like, because this whole episode is just dedicated to this one investigation, but I feel like if they had cut out the, like, pointless bickering, they could have maybe had, like, a second investigation in this one episode. It's just, like, filler that I'm just like, okay, whatever, let's move along, please. Um, so, uh, Brian and Steve have some, like, EMF spikes, and they get all excited, but then they find out that it's because of this, like, little, like, plug-in water fountain, and then they go up, because there's still a, a bell tower in the church with a bell that they go up and ring, and, um, and they're up there ringing the bell, 
and Andy bursts in and he's like, every time you ring that bell, the orb activity doubles. And Sophie, you know how much I love orb activity. <laughs> yeah, the controversy. Yes. yes, yes. Teach the controversy about orbs. Um, and so I wrote in my notes, all capital letters, it's fucking dust. Because they're ringing this giant metal bell that's attached to the top of the house. So the whole entire house is vibrating and kicking dust loose. That's why uh -huh. when they went up there, the so-called orb activity doubled. Because they're shaking the entire fucking building. But let, I won't get too into that. Um... Let's see, Andy teaches Donna how to use the thermometer, um, blah, blah, blah. And then Brian and Steve have another EMF spike that they can't connect to anything. And then they figure out why the door opens by itself and it's just like a, a vacuum situation caused by the other door being shut. You know, that's usually what it is. Um, and then Carl, in his great wisdom, says that, you know, the, the homeowners, Melissa and Justin, you know, that they, they want the house to be haunted. And so, like, they see everything that happens as, like, proof that their house is haunted. And, you know, they are the kind of people, you know, like, you can just tell that they just would really love to live in a haunted house, you know? Because of their decor, the they're, posters of the monsters and, and vampires yeah, or whatever. They have, like, skeletons and, like, you know, zombies and, you know, all this, like, kooky, creepy stuff all over. And, you know, it's like, you know, and they bought this, like, old church that was turned into a house. It's like, they just really wanted to live in a haunted house, you know. Um... So that, that's what I, I agree with Carl. Um, so then on the analysis, it's just a bunch of orbs, which really is dust. Um, and then when they, I love it because when they go to the findings to show Jason and Grant the evidence that they found, Jason is like, why don't you guys show us some more dust? And then that's ah. basically all that they show them is more dust because that's all they have. And, uh, well, one of them might be lint, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then they, they have what I call the great orb debate. Uh-huh. You know, just like we've talked about before that, like, you know, orbs are, you know, like an actual phenomenon that people have seen and experienced and everything. Um, but everything that you see that looks like an orb isn't an orb if it could be something else then you can't call it an orb you know but if you can somehow prove that it's not dust that it's not lint that it's not a cobweb that it's not an insect flying by you know if you can prove it's none of those things then hey maybe it is an orb you know uh -huh. um but if there's any doubt that it's one of those other things then, you know, it's not going to pass scrutiny from anybody, except maybe Andy Andrews. Um, 
<laughs> who is always so excited Everything when he sees evidence. is an orb, and every orb means there's a ghost. Um, and that's the other thing, is that just because there are orbs somewhere doesn't mean that the place is haunted, because orbs are just energy. So those two things can be related, that you can have, you know, paranormal activity and orb activity, but they're not, like, always linked. Like, right. one, one does not equal the other, basically, is the point. Like, they can be mutually exclusive events. Right, they can be correlated, but doesn't necessarily prove causation. Right. But, like, the theory or hypothesis, rather, is that... Um, you know, if you have those collections of energy, it's possible that spirits could use them to manifest yeah. or manipulate them in some way. Um, you know, I actually, I disagree on the one orb that did actually look like it was lit from within. And it, I felt like it was perfectly cir circular and it was following its own path where it like completely changed direction and went circular back around in this loop fashion, which... Mm -hmm. But you know what I, else can do that? Insects. And insects. That's true. That's Little tiny insects true. could... And the thing is, when it's in front of a camera like that, you can't tell how close to the camera it is, so there's no way of knowing how big that object is. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that could have been like one of those little teeny tiny moths just like flying around in like a little loop right that's possible that's it is possible possible i'm not saying that's what it was because i wasn't there i don't know but it's possible that that you know but they do jason and grant do show that one and then another one to the homeowners and they're saying these are possible orbs we can't say uh -huh. that's what they are but it's possible and if you have orb activity, you could have other activity, too. It's possible. So, you know, I accept that. That's fine. And I, you know, I'm just not going to jump to the conclusion that, like, every single shiny ball that goes in front of a camera is an orb. Right. Because most likely it's not. Absolutely. I, I do agree with that it's a lot more likely that it isn't an orb than it is just because, you know, it's the nature of IR cameras to be so reflective off of things that mm -hmm. it just, it makes it so difficult to determine. And especially, like you said, if, if it's a certain distance away from the camera, that could make it look more blurry and reflective, mm -hmm. you know, but that one, I just, I had a little bit more of a leaning towards that could be an orb. Um, because it was just so, so circular, you know, if it, if it had been a bug of some kind, you think you would have seen some wings or seen a different type of shape. It wouldn't have been that perfectly circular, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I don't know. I don't experiment enough with IR cameras to, to say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but that's really, that's all that they get there. They don't get any EVPs. They don't get any pictures or videos of anything. They just get, you know, dust and a couple things that may not be dust. 
Right. And then Donna's personal experience of feeling like she's being watched. But but she's also in an old church that is decorated with a bunch of like creepy things. Exactly. It's like the 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 spirit Halloween store exploded inside their house. Mm-hmm. And right. they're, they're in there with all the lights off, you know, so of course, you know, not to discredit Donna, but I mean, it just makes sense that you would feel a little weird in that house because you've never been there before first of all mm-hmm. and the lights are all off you can't see shit except for like these weird creepy things all over the place right you know? and the power of suggestion you know right. like she's going into the house with these the suggestion or these stories that the house may be haunted and so she may be biased in going in there expecting it to be haunted and so then yeah exactly you know, or, or, you know, who knows? I think Donna, I don't know, from, from what I've seen of her in the seasons that she was part of TAPS, she does seem like she might be a little bit more sensitive to these things than other people, though, too. Mm-hmm. Just because of, you know, she she vulnerably shares about her own experiences when she was younger, and she oftentimes will come alongside. I've seen her come alongside other clients and share her own experience with how she had to deal with her situation and giving them a little bit of open and like, this is how I got through this situation kind of a guidance, I guess you'd say, which I, you know, so, and, and she's a, she is a type of engineer. So, but, so you want to kind of like give her the benefit of the doubt, like that maybe she is really logical. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, at the same time, no one is immune to bias. Right. And I mean, I believe that she feels that way. Right. But it may not be caused by actual, like, paranormal paranormal activity. You know, it could be just, you know, it's a house filled with creepy stuff. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So... But, I mean, it could also be that, you know, there is something there, and she could sense it, but it didn't show itself, you know? Right. I mean, I don't know. Um, What I do know is that they didn't get any evidence from that place. Yeah, not not really. Which isn't to say that there isn't anything happening there. It's just that they didn't catch it. Right. And I did like, you know, like you were saying earlier about how Carl was basically kind of validating or or asking the clients, you know, what what is the goal you have for TAPS coming out here to do Mm -hmm. this investigation? Like, what do you want from this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's good to have the same goal you know, as, as the clients. And, and I think that they, I think that they, cause you know, like if I was going into, let's say I have a house where I've experienced some crazy shit and then you have investigators come in there and totally invalidate you mm-hmm. and make you feel like crap, like, like you're crazy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that would be, that would be hard. That would probably just make me feel even more isolated. Well, yeah. Yeah. And worse in my situation. But they didn't do that. They they were well, they, like... They never you know, do that. 
Right. And I, and I loved how they handled it too. They're like, okay, so, you know, maybe this isn't what you were looking for, but you know, we just didn't catch anything. It doesn't mean that your experiences aren't valid. Yeah. And they, they always leave it open for like, you know, if things continue happening or, you know, you can always call us back. And, you know, there have been situations where they do go back to places because they want more answers. So, right. you know, it's just, uh, you know, except for, like, in the rare cases where people are, like, purposely faking things, like those people with the speakers in the ceiling and stuff that we'll get to on another season. Um, <laughs> I look forward to that. I mean, that's one thing, you know, right. and they're, like, obviously faking stuff and, you know, making shit up and whatever. Like, that's one thing, but, like, you know, to have, to feel like you're having experiences, that things are happening in your house that are you know, scary or stressful or just, you know, whatever, uncomfortable. And then these people come to investigate and nothing happens when they're there. Like, that must be so frustrating. Because mm-hmm. you want answers and you want to know, like, you're not crazy. You're not hallucinating. You're not making shit up, you know. Um, and so what I like about TAPS is that they don't make people feel that way. Like, they listen they believe their claims, and then, like, they try to find, you know, explanations for things just to give the people peace of mind, like, oh, this is just your plumbing or your whatever, you know? Right. Um, but they're not there to be like, oh, you're just fucking crazy, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Like, there's nothing here. You're just nuts, you know? Like, they would never treat somebody like that which is what I like about them yeah and I I mean like almost you know I don't I can't speak for Carl but I think almost every one of the team members I I can't say for Carl or Andy um if they've had their own personal experiences but everybody else has Mm -hmm. and so they've had their own experiences and probably have had varying reactions to their opening up about it Mm -hmm. to with people, you know, like my experiences have been quite varied. When I was younger, it was terrible when I would share about my experiences. Now, looking back, I know it was because I was not among my tribe. Mm-hmm. I hadn't found my people yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I found, I had some some bad experiences. Sorry, my, Otis, just my cat just came running up and jumping on top of stuff. Um happens so so yeah I I had many people tell me I was on drugs or I was crazy Mm -hmm. like I had schizophrenia Mm -hmm. uh I was even diagnosed with a mental health disorder based off me admitting that I'd had paranormal experiences and now working in the field that I do I have also seen some mental health assessments which include diagnoses based off of them having paranormal experiences and and it's hard for me to see that I don't like it there's a thin line I think between the paranormal people's spiritual beliefs and and psycho 
you know, in our culture, because mm-hmm. the, it, we're just super divided about it. And, uh, you know, and it probably goes all the way back to like, the Enlightenment period in the Renaissance, even before that, where, you know, we, the Western world was trying to move towards being less superstitious, mm-hmm. and more logical and more scientific and more methodical in the way that we viewed the world. And we that that's beautiful. But I don't think that means that we should go to the opposite end of the extreme, where we completely shut out the possibility of anything being paranormal or supernatural, you know, it's like, yeah, we can't explain it. It doesn't necessarily mean it, it isn't science-based or that it. Right. But there was a time when people couldn't explain where the sun went at night. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Or what, what size and shape was the earth or what a rainbow was. Right. Or, you know, a shooting star or, you know, like just a million, like anything that is within like the the body of knowledge of science at one time was unexplained. Right. And exactly. And so that I don't think that that means that we will never have explanations or answers for these things that these phenomena that are happening. But, um, you know, I just I like I like to be open minded, you know, and it's because the experiences I've had in my life, which I cannot explain that I think has made me more open-minded. I, I can see how if someone has lived their entire life and they've never had anything weird happen mm-hmm. to them, why they might be like, no, oh, no, that's all bullshit. What are yeah. you guys talking about? Like, I get it, but mm-hmm. it's also hurtful to the people that are having these experiences. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say something and then I forgot. See what I mean? My brain doesn't work. <laughs> it's okay. Are there any terrible uh, side effects that you need to be aware of? of no. Withdrawing from these medications? No, it's just like a like a brain fog kind of thing. I don't understand why your prescriber can't refill your prescriptions. Well, to- they... It's only been a few days because the appointment was Thursday, and so um, that was, like, my last pill. And um, so they called me that day, but I always have my ringer off, so I didn't know that they had called until later. And they were like, please call us back so that we can schedule you as soon as possible, and also to get you a, a bridge of your medication until your next appointment. Uh, and then I just didn't call. Okay, got um, it. So, you know, but with other providers, I have had problems where, like, they won't give me enough refills to make it to the next appointment. And then, like, I can't get a refill. So there have been times where I've had to go, like, several weeks without my antidepressant. <gasps> which is not good and then you call to get like a you know like hey my appointment isn't until whenever and I'm out of pills and like all that the pharmacy can give you is you know like three pills uh-huh. and um 
like I had this whole thing one time with the office manager at the clinic who, um, you know, like I told her basically that my, like, I need this medication. It keeps me alive. And she laughed at me on the phone. Oh, and I was my like, God. I was like, what if this was, you know, like, uh, like insulin or, you know, something that someone like my friend Jake is on heart medicine, you know, that he has to take every day. Like, what if it was one of those things? Like, would you laugh at somebody who is like freaking out because they don't have it? You know, like, no, you wouldn't. You'd be like, oh, yes, you need this to stay alive. So let's make sure that you don't run out and go weeks without it because you could die. <laughs> yeah, you could have. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things that could happen. But like that person needs to know that suicidality, it could be a real serious crisis it is a serious thing. And that's going on. So I filed a grievance about her and she got in trouble. Good. Good for you for standing up for I'm, yourself. I'm not fucking around. Right. Um, this shit is real. And, you know, so that was like the last time that anything like that, that was the only time that anything like that happened. And um, usually if there's a lapse in my medicine, it's my own fault because okay. I don't call it in soon enough. And, you know. It's the weekend or whatever. Or yeah. I'm just like you know, oh, I have, like, a week left of pills, and part of my brain is like, call today. Call right now. Get <laughs> and it you're done. Like, uh. And I'm like, no, I'll do it. And then the next thing I know, I'm, like, opening the bottle, and there's no pills. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I forgot I've done to that. do that thing. I've done so, that, too. Um, I have really, really bad executive dysfunction, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, I cannot do things a lot of the time. So um, that's why I'm on the Wellbutrin, mm -hmm. because it helps me to be able to do things. So hopefully right. I can call tomorrow and they'll get all this sorted out. So I'll be a fully functioning human. Let's not say fully functioning, because I feel like that's too much, but... Mostly a, a mostly functioning human person. I saw the, the best signs going along with these lines. You just reminded me. I saw the best sign last night that said, um, and it was in my friend's room, literally right where she could see it every time she gets up from bed. And it said, procrastinate now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I like, will. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I am, kind of. I Yeah, I do it, too. I think it's human. I think we all do that. You know, we get yeah. distracted or we get uncomfortable with dealing with something that just, I don't know, it just makes us uncomfortable for mm -hmm. some reason. And then mm -hmm. we're just like, nope, I'm going to do something else for a little bit. I'm going to let that sit on the back burner, yeah. even though I shouldn't. I also got really distracted last week um i started planning a trip for this summer and oh, yeah. um i got like totally hyper fixated on this trip and mm -hmm. um even though it's months away you know it's still like 
I have to I have to get all the reservations made and everything just so I know that they're there that I will have a place to sleep and you know poop and all the stuff that you need to do you know yeah um so yeah I got like really like hyper fixated on that trip which today I was like okay let's try to do other things um, oh, which, which I was successful in doing. Oh, kitty. Yeah, I got Otis joining us temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Chonks a lot himself. And then, um, you know, Zoom, of course, gently let, let me know that we've got 10 minutes left of the show again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> might have That's to do so the weird. same thing where we just pause and log back in because it yeah. seemed to work. It did work. We did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Indeed. So. Um. Anyways, what were we talking about? I don't even know. Oh, me planning my trip. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got really distracted by that, and that happens. Yeah. You know, that's that's life, especially when you're like thinking about something exciting in the future, a goal. Yeah. Or like you know something where it's like, oh, I finally get some freedom to like get out and experience the world and get some enrichment mm-hmm. in my life. Because yeah, um, I haven't been on an airplane for like four years. Oh, wow. And for me, that's a really long time to yeah. not go anywhere on an airplane. So I'm like, you know, what is wrong with me? Um, well, COVID happened. COVID so did happen. That's a thing. Yes, that's part of it, but, you know, um, yeah, so I'm going on an airplane, I already bought the tickets, oh yeah, and I've made reservations at one place that we're staying, there's going to be five different places that we're staying on this trip. Holy crap, that is a lot of planning. In three different states, so it's like a big... It's a big trip, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I'm going to have to rent a car. There's, like, a 12-mile-long bridge that has, like, two-mile-long tunnels that I have to go over. And I'm Not gonna... a horseshoe curve? Is, is there not a, like, the... We might find one of those. Altoona tantrum? <laughs> I'll have my own Altoona tantrum. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Which states are you going to visit? Where are you going? Um, I'm I'm going to uh, Virginia, Maryland, and North Carolina. Ooh, which means then you can go visit the Mothman prophecy well, or Mothman place. Not really, because right? that's in West Virginia, and oh, that's man. many hours away. That's. It's not as close as you'd like to think. Cause, Dang it. Like, the states over there, they're kind of, like, they're short, but they're really wide. So, right. like, driving from the coast of Virginia up to West Virginia, where the Mothman happened, was would be, like, a, I mean, it's doable, you know, obviously, but it's a, it's a longer drive than you'd think, because the states are so wide there. Right. So... A deterrent that you don't really see yeah. realistically when you're looking at a map of the east coast because when i look at a yeah. map of the east coast i think they have such 
tiny spaces because yeah. I'm so used to the West Coast where the states are so huge. much bigger. Yeah. Like I told my mom that we're, you know, we're going to three different states. And in her mind, that's like Washington, Oregon, California. And it's like, no, like this part of Maryland that we're going to is just this like little nubbin mm-hmm. right on the coast, you know, and then like just like these little tiny parts of Virginia and North Carolina. Like I'm just we're going to be at the beach like the whole time. Sweet. And oh. um, camping at the beach. And there's, like, wild ponies and pirate ships, and we're going to go snorkeling to look at shipwrecks, and um, the uh, the lost colony of Roanoke is there. Hold, we're gonna... hold, hold on for just one moment. Yes. I need to pause because I literally, I don't know why this matters to me so much, but... I just like saw a Grubhub person drive up, <laughs> drive like drive up to deliver McDonald's to my upstairs neighbor, and there's a McDonald's literally one block from here. Uh-huh. And it just to me that boggles my mind that you would pay like twenty or whatever extra dollars for yeah. somebody to deliver food to you from a block away. I mean, I don't it can, know it why. can be like twice as much when you get it delivered. I know, and that's why it just, I don't know why, but that just bothered me for a second. I was yeah. just like, why, what, why? You could walk, you could drive. Maybe it, they can't it, walk or drive, though. They can. I've seen them do both oh. many times. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't be judgy, but I'm just like, what the, f- why? Okay, I know, but, but. Never mind. Maybe they're stoned out of their gourd. I mean, sometimes I get coffee delivered when I have coffee in the kitchen. So, I mean... Yeah, but coffee from, like, an actual coffee place where that's their specialty, to me, it tastes so much better than home-brewed coffee. Well, and it's, like, fancy. Right. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, who knows why people do what they do. It just, you know, who knows what they're experiencing or feeling... Yeah. in the moment you know who knows maybe they're depressed and they can't even get out of bed and they're just like i just need some fucking mcdonald's okay you yeah. know sometimes I mean, you just do you know yeah yeah i've been there yeah. it's okay i don't need to judge i don't want to take anybody's mcdonald's in bed away from them you know? <laughs> i know i don't like, need to inventory them like that yeah. oh my god i just did okay sorry it's, it's okay. you're okay. telling it's, me about all it's your fine exciting that, that we can talk about this and unpack it you know maybe next time you won't judge them so harshly when they order mcdonald's from a block away (laughs) yeah and even though it is kind of fun to judge i think that's human too we just do that like it's like what the fuck were you why i know god i judge everybody oh speaking of being judged um on this trip um i okay i saw this picture on facebook of this person wearing, like, a pair of men's, like, tidy-whitey briefs, like, as a shirt. (laughs) And, um, you know, like, they must have, like, cut a hole in the crotch for their head to go through, and, you know, and then, like, the elastic waistband is going around, you know, like, it's like a sports bra, but it's made out of, like, men's briefs, you know? Right. And I saw this and I was like, man, that is 
a terrible, terrible thing to do. But then I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I sent a picture of it. I sent that picture to my friend Jake, and I was like, because I told him that I was going to just, I was excited to hang out at the beach for two weeks because I can just, like, wear all of my beach whore clothes. Right. And so I sent him that picture. I was like, that right there is my beach whore clothes. And he was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, yes. So I told him that I'm going to make us matching brief shirts. <laughs> and he's, like, tall and skinny, like, taller and skinnier than Tyler. I don't think he's taller than Tyler, but he's skinnier than Tyler. What? And so I was like, you're going to wear this tidy whitey shirt, and I'm going to wear one also, and we're going to wear, like, really short cut-off jeans and just, like, go to, like, the busiest tourist spot in the Outer Banks and just, like, walk around in these outfits. And he was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, so, dude. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait. I want pictures. I'm really I want excited because if you think about like how thin those tidy whitey briefs are, there's mm -hmm. gonna be like full nipple on display. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely from like, the both of you. You could spear fish yeah. with those. So I'm really excited, and there are places also out there, just like in any tourist place, where you can get like custom, um, like screen printing done. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, we should get like like Outer Banks screen printed across the front of our briefs, you know, which is actually the back of the briefs because they're like backwards. I don't know. I'm really yeah. excited about this outfit though. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. I think it's genius. I can't wait. I have to see, I have to see this. Yep. We're going to get cut off in a second. Oh man, one minute. Okay, we will, the plan Log, pause, I'm log, gonna, I'm going to pause out. right now. Okay. So we don't get cut off mid-sentence. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Hi, we're back again. Yay, we did it. Sorry, guys. We'll get our shit together. <sighs> we, yeah, we might. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> no it might take us a while. Um, but whatever, we're still, we're figuring this out. Like, neither of us are, like, tech geniuses here so uh, god no and i mean none of my training in radio helped me with this because you know everything was already there i just had to push buttons i didn't have to figure out anything for myself <laughs> right and there was right. like almost always somebody around who you know if i was like i don't know how this thing works like they would come in and be like do da do da do and i would never have to worry about it Right. And here we are trying this podcasting thing, like, just, you know, from, from scratch. Yeah, without a Zoom account. Without, uh, like, any, you know, hardware or software knowledge and just kind of fucking just going with it. I think we're doing pretty well for not knowing anything that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got we got a basic framework which serves us for now. But yeah, dear, dear we're, listeners, we're gonna get better. What, dear listeners, we we anticipate getting a mixer. Yep, there's gonna be and, a mixer. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a uh, what would you call it? Music 
Uh, we have a theme song. Theme. That's the word, theme. Yeah, we have a yes. theme song that was made um, by my friend Alex, which I'm going to try to figure out how to, like, attach that. I'm going to actually try to do some, like, editing on this Ooh. bitch. So Ooh. we're going to see how that goes. And if I can't figure it out, then this one won't have the music. And I'll just keep figuring it out. Um, yeah. Because I know, right. I know there's a way that you can, like, splice shit and get... Because I've done it on other software. I know that it is a thing that can happen. Right. So, that's... There's a, there's a theme song. So, um... Yeah, we got well, a lot I, of... I guess, I guess uh, if, it, if I'm able to do it, then the listeners have already heard the theme song at this point. Right. Well, we got a, we got a lot of shit coming down the pipeline. Yeah, we have things, you know, that are that are coming up. Um, so stay tuned and send us some fucking emails so we got something to read, please. Seriously. I mean, Loops otherwise, love. it's just going to be us telling our own stories, which is fine because we both have lots of them. Um, but it's fun to tell other people's stories or, you know, to have... You know, like other other people tell their own stories or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to think last night uh, if I had like a good, you know, concise kind of story from my you know rep- repertoire of personal experiences. Did I ever tell my UFO story? You've told me, yeah. But, but not I don't, on the recording, no, I don't think so. No, you haven't told that. I didn't think so either. Uh, that one's harder to explain just because it's like you you need like um, some spatial mm-hmm. understanding, literally yeah. um, and, and figuratively. So, um, but I'll give it a shot never tried to do it without being able to show somebody with my hands, like what I'm seeing in the sky, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, this happened, I think I was like 10 or 11 and I was with my best friend at the time and we were, it was summer. It was wonderfully, beautifully warm at night. And we decided we were going to grab a bunch of pillows and make ourselves a comfy little fort, you know, outside, ramshackle and we were we were just gonna lay out there and we were gonna look up at the stars and just stargaze and enjoy it you Mm -hmm. know it's just beautiful night and um you know we were of course doing what you do which is you look for um meteors you know you look for shooting stars and um she would find one and i would find one and of course we would never catch one at the same time yeah Wait, the way it does, you know, it's like, oh, you just missed it. Oh, mm-hmm. you just missed it. You weren't look. Oh, you know. Um, but then it got to a point where we noticed uh, in the far uh, left hand side of the sky, there was a lit object orb <laughs> in the sky. Oh. <laughs> that was it seemed like it was a good distance away because you couldn't see a whole lot of definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was coming diagonally across the sky from the far upper left corner of our field of vision. Mm-hmm. And she 
pointed her finger at it and she goes, Hey, look at that. And so I, I finally tracked it and spotted what she was talking about. And then it just started dancing around and moving around in this like kind of uh, circular vibrating fashion. Mm-hmm. And it was, you could tell it was lit, it, but it wasn't a star because it didn't move like a star. And then all of a sudden out of the far right hand side, um, another uh, object flew diagonally at a super rapid speed, uh, which I cannot explain by any kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, any kind of human invention that we could have on this planet. Yeah. That could, you know, like we don't have planes or jets that can move this fast. Yeah. Um, and over such great distances of space. And this thing shot down and then it, it was basically toe to toe with the other object and they both started dancing around. And then a third one came up from the bottom left hand side and shot diagonally up and then was in a triangle formation with the other two objects. So I was seeing three different uh, UFOs that were dancing around and they were moving around and I could see these tiny little lights They were smaller. I can't remember what color they are for certain. I want to say they were green. Um, Little little points of light that would shoot at. It looked like they were shooting at each other. Mm. And then they were bobbing and weaving and bobbing and weaving and avoiding the shots is what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Like there was some kind of galactic warfare going on. And... um, And I was just kind of shocked, you know, I I didn't know what to think about what I was seeing. And, um, and then of course, in the like reverse order of appearance, the bottom left hand, um, unidentified flying object, which is what UFO stands for UFO shot back to where it came from. The second one shot back diagonally to the right and up from it in the other corner. And then the third one then shot back diagonally at, and they were all moving at such high speeds. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're moving diagonally again. I don't know of any technology that we have on this earth that can move in, in the space. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I've thought about it many years later, but I, I digress. I don't want to follow that line of thought just yet. So, when they did after they disappeared my best friend was like she had a big smile on her face she was excited she's like that was so cool like she was like stoked about it and I don't know I don't know why but for little Sophie little me yeah I was terrified what I saw I interpreted as a threat yeah I saw it as that's not right. That's not normal. That could be potentially dangerous. And I was like, we're going inside because <laughs> it was my house. And so I was like, yeah, we're going inside. And I shut all the doors. I shut all the windows. I locked everything. I made sure it was all locked. And I grabbed a fucking steak knife. Yeah. I literally was like, Oh my God, are they going to come? Do they know? Like mm-hmm. these beings clearly have technology that I don't understand. 
and they can travel great distances. Like my little mind could not, like I thought for sure in my head, they could come to me easily if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that, so that was that at your house here over here? No, in orchard. Well, yeah, Vancouver where you live in orchards. Yeah. yeah. Right up the street from you. Yeah. yeah. Um, where I, where we grew up. So was that, like, were they kind of over, like, where the rock quarry is? Well, yeah, I mean, that was basically because the rock quarry was literally in my backyard. Yeah. And I was only separated from it by a fence. Yeah. And, and some blackberry bushes. I'm just trying to get, like, a like a picture. Kind of a logistical idea of where where you were and where that was happening, so... Not, yeah. not that it was related in any way to the rock quarry, but I'm just right. trying to get like a, you know, get my bearings here in your story. So, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. I, I can see it now. I can see it all now with the rock quarry. And everything. Yeah. Yep. And the homicidal horse in Bree Smith's backyard mm. that I used to have to um, <laughs> run past every time I went to visit her, um, I'd have to avoid that horse. It oh, literally was trying to kill me anytime oh, no. I got into her backyard. You could not turn your back to that horse. That horse was terrifying, but I kept doing it anyways. Cause it was a shortcut to get to her house was just to run through my backyard into her backyard. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I got some interesting stories about, you know, what I would do over at the Smith's house. But anyways, so, long story short, yeah, Bree Smith's backyard, my backyard, and the rock quarry were, like, literally catty corner right there. Mm-hmm. And we were in my backyard on 86th Street, mm-hmm. you know, and looking up at this, looking up at this, the sky, the dome of the sky, or so it appears from our perspective. And then it was in the, if you were looking up at the stars... It would have been in the upper left-hand corner, like northwest corner of the sky. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's hard because we we English speakers use, uh, you know, positions of objects to refer to them in our language. So it's like it's to the left or to the right, which doesn't really mean anything in space. Yeah. It, like in some other languages, they actually use the cardinal directions, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like that ant to the north of your foot, mm-hmm. you know, like we can, you can literally figure out where you are in space and get around. But we English speakers are at a disadvantage when it comes to spatial recognition because of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to explain it to you in a way that makes as much visual sense because. I'm like upper left hand corner, upper right hand corner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, lucky for you, I've taken lots of uh, like GIS classes, <laughs> and uh, you would. And, oh, well, I have to for my. I degree. love it. Um, I know my specialization is actually in GIS. So um, nice. And I've taken like astronomy classes, and so you get you learn more about you know spatial things and Mm -hmm. how to describe where things are in the sky so yeah you don't have to dumb it down for me baby yeah and i maybe you do 
don't know. I love that, but I'm also thinking of our poor listeners because it's like um, it's yes. a lot. It's a lot easier when I can give you hand positions. Yeah, and our and listeners are like, "Oh, the rock quarry that helps." Yeah, they don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess uh, what? It's a rock quarry. That's all you need to know. Yep. Yeah. So I got a scar under my right tit from that rock quarry. Of course you do. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't know any good stories right now. That's okay. Oh, I do have one. This isn't about anything except that uh, I thought of it because when you were talking about looking at, um, like, shooting stars with your friend um, and how, you know, a lot of times multiple people don't see the same shooting star at the same time unless you just happen to be both looking at the same exact spot which is hard to do in the sky because absolutely you know even moving a few feet can change the angle that things are at because Uh you know physics um but the day in 2013 when my grandpa died um, Ooh. I was really sad because, you know, my grandpa died. And um, so my friend picked me up and we went and got milkshakes and then drove way out, like away from the city, like up into, like not quite to the Gifford Pinchot, but like out that way where, you know, the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we just like sat and looked at the stars with our milkshakes and in like quick succession we both saw like three shooting stars in a row like we both just happened to be looking at the same spot and they were like boom 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 and um that's beautiful and it you know was just a beautiful awesome experience and you know, I felt a tiny bit less sad, you know, just because it makes you remember that everything is very fleeting and small, and, you know, that was that was really it. It was just everything was fleeting and small, but beautiful. Right. That's life. That's literally life. Exactly. In a, nutsh- in a nutshell. And, you know, I love the Buddhists have a really great perspective, I feel, on on not getting attached to things just because of the fact that nothing is, there is no permanence. Yeah. You know, there is no permanence. The only constant in the universe is change. Mm-hmm. Whether it takes a lot of time or a little time, like one human lifetime, I feel you know, perspectively, is quite small. Oh, it's tiny. Right. It's barely anything. So. Right. And there is some hope that we can kind of take from that when we explore the paranormal uh, in a lot of ways, just because it it connects us to the bigger existential questions. Mm -hmm. You know, it it connects us to the mystery of the universe, whether it's you know, something on earth or something in space, or it's something, you know, after we die, where do we go and what happens, mm-hmm. you know? 
Like, yeah. does our energy continue and consciousness and energy continue to exist outside of our bodies? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do we live on? Are we immortal? What's your know. favorite color? Pink. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did she say pink? Yes. Red. <laughs> I used to hate pink so much when I was a kid. Like, oh. it represented all that was feminine and unholy. I was oh. just like, don't you put your pink on me. Fuck that, right. you know. But now I love pink. I have always loved it. Oh, you're lucky. So, yeah. I wish I hadn't had such a, such a, you know... A hateful relationship towards it but it was just because my perspective but you can feel that now right and, and i did and make it okay so right and i did you know and i've gotten a lot better at embracing my femininity you know it's just for me i was such a tomboy my gender leaned a lot more towards masculine and mm -hmm. you know the unfortunately the you know, I absorbed some of the toxic masculinity, which rejects the feminine and mm -hmm. only exists basically based off of the rejection of the feminine, which makes it an un, um, I would say it lacks substance, you know, mm -hmm. you know, no offense to, you know, the masculine gender or, or people who, you know, identify with it. I'm just saying that it, it's in itself cannot exist just by rejecting the feminine, just by mm -hmm. separating, you know, saying mm -hmm. this is, you know, weak, so I can't be that, you know, you run like a girl, you're a sissy, you're a pussy, yeah. you're a whatever, you know, ways that men put each other in check mm -hmm. to keep them masculine, to prove their masculinity based off of just rejecting the feminine, you know, I, I struggled with that because I had internalized that yeah. and I had, you know, rejected a lot of the feminine and felt that it was weak. I really did, you know? Um, and now I see it's a different type of fighting. Mm -hmm. It's a different type of, uh, of navigating that actually is something femininity I feel like should be embraced more in our culture in order to be balanced and be healthy mm -hmm. um because I think femininity is about relationship it's about collaboration it's about understanding it's about communication it's about emotion mm -hmm. you know and um you know just at its heart about like taking other people's needs into consideration instead of just going around being selfish, believing that your actions have no effect on other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, you know, it, when you're socialized as a woman, you are constantly taught to put other people's needs ahead of your own, which can be a detriment and can be an imbalance in itself. Mm -hmm. And that's why it needs that masculinity to help balance it out or not. I mean, it depends on your perspective on, you know, how you embrace those gender roles or not, because, you know, there's a lot of people who completely reject them for many different reasons and mm -hmm. I don't blame them, you know? Yeah. So that's my soapbox I love um, it. rant about gender today. I love it. We were due for one, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I, I was here for it. I love <laughs> it. Um, 
Yeah, but, you know, as we've discussed before, you know, gender is a social construct, just like right. time. And, right. um, you know, so there are a lot of ways that uh, the genders are um, socialized to behave and just to exist. And I think a lot of it is wrong. Uh-huh. And, um you know, like telling boys that they're not allowed to cry or, you know, man up, all that stuff. Like that's yeah. very, very damaging to right. to people. Um, or slut shaming women. Oh, that, yes. that you know, telling women they're not allowed to have sex and enjoy it. You know, I'm gonna have all the sex I want to, and I'll enjoy it. Right. If it's and, if it's enjoyable, I'll enjoy it. I can't, yeah. I can't make any guarantees about the quality <laughs> of the sex. That's but, true. You know, it depends on a lot of factors, but you know, I'm still gonna I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and especially you know, there's a lot of this talk going on because you know, like the weather is gonna start getting nicer. Um, not here, obviously. Because it just keeps, like, yesterday was beautiful, and now today it's like, yeah, just kidding about, you know, it's not, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah. But at some point in the future, it will be nice, and so, like, people are going to start wearing less clothing. Right. You know, and, like, that's okay. Just let people be comfortable, you know? Like, you don't need to, like judge somebody because you think that they're dressed like a slut or they're dressed inappropriately or whatever like keep that to yourself or if you think somebody is like too big to be wearing small clothes fuck you fuck Absolutely. you um yes because uh you know like i was telling you for my for my trip later this summer you know i'm just gonna wear all of my beach whore clothes which are like pretty tiny little clothes right and i'm you know a lot of people they worry about you know their beach body and whatever and it's like well the beach is gonna get whatever body i have when i'm there you know which is this body <laughs> yes like, i love that I'm, I'm, not, that I'm not gonna like go out of my way to like change my body just so other people won't judge me when i'm at the beach you know because mm -hmm. fuck them and whatever their judgments are like you know, I'm going to be cute, I'm going to be comfortable, and I'm going to be scantily clad, and I don't give a fuck. God. And I'm going to wear men's underwear as a shirt, and <laughs> you're going to, Sophie, you're going to see pictures of it with my nipples showing through the fabric, and it's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. I can't wait. And so, I mean, this is just a message for everybody. Like, just let people be comfortable. You know, don't, like, put your weird body issues and sexual issues and gender issues on other people. Right. Like, just fucking let people live their lives. And, you know, that goes for so many things more than just, like, summertime clothes. It goes for, like, a lot of levels of different aspects of life. But just seriously, just let people fucking be and um i think that's really the the lesson a lot of people need to learn and so you know if you see me in my big white ass on the beach <laughs> just you know if you don't like it look the other way 
That's right. But you'll probably like it because it's a good ass. I think you have a very nice ass. Thank and you. You're welcome. Thank you. And, 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 and same to you. Thank you. Yeah, just fuck them. Who cares? You know, if, if you're not interested or you're offended, look the other way. There are plenty of other places to look in the world if right. you... You know, stop satisfying your your curiosity or your judgment or whatever to feel holier than thou, you know, by looking at somebody and judging them. You know, like yeah. like what I did earlier with the McDonald's thing with my neighbor. You know, let's un- unpack whatever it is you're right. thinking. Question, question for a moment that you, why you're judging that person. Does yes. it make you feel better? Maybe. Does it make you feel better about yourself? You know, when, when you can like, let's, how about we compare similarities rather than differences? Why don't we, why don't we like look at what we have in common as human beings rather than just trying to separate ourselves and say, you know, that person over there makes bad choices Mm -hmm. or whatever. That person's lazy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You could just be like, oh, man, like, take it as a reminder that maybe you need to eat dinner. Right. Or I do. <laughs> or be maybe be like, hey, you're getting fast food delivered. I've had those days. Yeah. Good you for know? them. Like, right. fucking get it. Like, whatever comfort you need. Because here's here's the thing that I try to tell myself when I because I'm I'm not a perfect person, believe it or not. Um, I have these moments where I judge people's behaviors and choices, you know, but I just try to remind myself that, like, you know, the world is pretty shitty in a lot of ways. Like, things are scary that are happening, and especially, like, in the last couple years with COVID and stuff, like, it just feels like things have just gotten more intense and scary and like unknowable Mm -hmm. you know so like whatever people need to do to get through their day or take care of themselves yeah to comfort themselves and to survive another day you know good for them because they made it through another day you know and sometimes those things can be harmful you know, things that people do to comfort themselves and to get through the day. But, you know, I'm not going to go tell somebody, like, oh, you can't, you know, do whatever drugs or alcohol or whatever your online shopping, you know, all these, like, addictive things that you do to get that, like, dopamine rush. Right. I'm not going to tell people to stop doing it. Because that's what's getting them through, you know? Yeah, and that's and, for them to decide whenever they whenever right. they want to stop. Exactly, and that, you know, I've, like, I've learned that lesson so many times from having, you know, so many friends who have, like, struggles with addictions, you know, like, you can't make a person stop, and... You know, but you also can't enable them to keep hurting themselves. Right. Because then that's where that's where your baggage is. That's where you have to figure out where are the property lines, so to speak. Where, exactly. Where are your boundaries? Like, do you own your own actions? 
Do you own the other person's actions or behaviors or, or feelings? No. Yeah. You know, you, you have to, there has to be some kind of boundary or separation there. Exactly. So, but I try to think about that when I see people doing things that I'm like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. I'm just like, nope. Take a step back from that judgment of, you know, whatever that person's character may or may not be. You know? Right. Because, like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know? And you've been there. We've all been there. And so just, you know, let people fucking live. That's right. My point. That's I my mean, soapbox of the day. Yeah, and, and to add to your soapbox, I mean, which I, I love this conversation because this, I think, is very inspiring in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that I think can be the difference with judgment is, you know, n- number one, not imposing your own values on someone else, but yes. also... Um, thinking of it as rather than judgment, knowing the difference between judgment and discernment. Oh, so mm-hmm. to me, discernment is when I'm evaluating something and and it's like positive or negative effects in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And so if I see somebody, you know, doing some hurtful things to people, does that mean that you know? Oh, well, I'm I'm not a judgmental person. I accept people as they are. And then the next thing you know, you're getting abused and hurt by that person. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no, you use that discernment. Right. To protect yourself and to look at, instead of justifying it or enabling it, like you said earlier, to, to be able to say, okay, that person does hurtful, harmful things. Right. And I don't want that to happen to me. So I'm going to I'm going to keep that person at a distance. I'm not going to make best friends with that person. That's right. not a good idea or date that person. Ugh. Yeah. Dear I mean, God, don't. like like if the way that a person gets through life, you know, and comforts themselves is, you know, by like hurting other people, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to know that person. Like that's not that is where I'll make a judgment, you know. If someone is like, you know, like a neo-Nazi or something, it's like, I will judge that person. Right. (laughs) I will judge them so hard. But, you know, there's a difference between, like, hurting other people and harming yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, these these are all things and nothing really is black and white. So you have to really like, you know, like what you were saying, like discern between different things. And yeah. 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 And, And make your best judgment call on what's appropriate. And sometimes you'll have to learn from your mistakes. Sometimes you'll trust some untrustworthy people. I've done it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll trust trust. Sometimes you'll not trust trustworthy people, you know, mm-hmm. based on your own past experiences, mm-hmm. you know, which I've done that, too, because of my trauma background. You know, something activates me or triggers me, then 
you know, I may have a stronger reaction and want to immediately, you know, sabotage a relationship out of fear and, you know, may reflect back on it later on, later on and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have judged that person so harshly because there was actually, there was a lot of misunderstanding there that could have been avoided through communicating with them mm-hmm. um, or something. Yeah. But yeah, it only happens through lived experiences and, you know, understanding what healthy boundaries are, which take time to learn, especially if you weren't raised in a family that taught you mm-hmm. that, then it's difficult because you're probably, I mean, I had to figure a lot, out a lot of boundary stuff from scratch where yeah. I was just like, what the heck? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Well, I'm starting to feel not so well, but it is Bob o'clock. It is Bob o'clock, and it's time for me to take my nighttime pills and feed my cats. Me too. I need to eat some dinner. Maybe I should get some some McDonald's delivered. I think think that we both should, actually. I think we both (laughs) should just get some fucking McDonald's cheeseburgers delivered to us and... In honor of your neighbors and <laughs> right. of our, you know, goal of non-judgment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that does sound good. I might actually do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, um, Sophie, I'm I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna miss you. Okay. Well, okay. we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to our ramblings and rants and soapboxes yeah please write us we we would love to share some of your stories heck yes all right take care dear listeners we love you we love you bye bye